A lot of us have attended training sessions and workshops over the years on how to handle difficult conversations or how to write performance reviews, but I have yet to see a workshop topic on what to do when somebody quits. On today's show, we're going to answer that question. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 251. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to develop your leadership skills. And I'm so glad you joined today because today a conversation that is one I don't think I've ever received any formal training on it. As I think back to conversations I've had, situations, uh, leadership development programs, I don't know if I've ever even heard this mentioned. And so when I saw an article online recently from someone who's doing some great work uh, out there and is very prevalent on LinkedIn, I thought this is a fabulous opportunity to have a very important conversation about what to do when someone decides they're going to leave and how you respond to that as an organization. And I'm really thrilled to be able to welcome Molly Mosley to the show today. She is a senior vice president of LinkUp Job Search Engine, and she was named by LinkedIn as one of its top 10 voices on management and corporate culture. And I recently saw her article on LinkedIn titled Employee Resignations, Counteroffer or Say Goodbye. And there's so much that we can talk about this and how to handle uh, a situation when someone hands in a resignation. And, and Molly, this is this is one of those things you and I were talking that I don't think anyone ever, not only doesn't get training on, but there's not even really a lot of conversation that ever happens about this until you find yourself in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much for having me, Dave. I, I'm really excited to be here and kind of share some of my insights on this really, oftentimes, kind of an uncomfortable situation that you just can't over-prepare yourself for. You just don't know when something like this is going to occur. Yeah. And I'm, I appreciate you saying that it's uncomfortable because anytime I've been in this situation as an employer or a manager and someone has handed in a resignation, regardless of the reason they're leaving, even if it was like for a really great, positive, life-changing example, it's just, it's awkward to know how to handle that because it is the end of a relationship potentially. And so- Yeah, it's a breakup in a lot of ways. It is. It is. I was yeah. going to say, like, there's, there's definitely a connection there between yeah. how you feel in that kind of a situation. It's You feel personally- whether it's justified or not, you feel like it's a personal commentary on you or your organization, and it's it's hard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you kind of it's it's an emotional thing. So oftentimes you're completely caught off guard. You're so focused on your day to day and all the different things that you're running at full speed. So when an employee kind of pulls you aside and just says those words to you, you know, hey, do you have a couple minutes to talk? You just immediately, your emotions kind of run wild. And it's just, it's really hard to separate kind of the personal emotion and making their resignation about you. So when someone approaches you immediately, it's natural for your mind to go, 
gosh, how is this going to impact my day-to-day? Where am I going to find the time to replace this person? And you really kind of turn it on yourself of the impact for you versus stopping, listening to what they're saying, and then really kind of figuring out how to approach it. Hmm. And that big approach is, do I counter it or do I, you know, kind of find peace and say, okay. And it's really kind of that moment in time where your mind is running wild. And like you said, where you are, you know, is it a reflection of my management skills? Is it the company? Like, could I have done something better? And those are all great thoughts to have. But in that moment, when someone is approaching you, putting in the resignation, you need to really kind of throw out that reactive brain and really think, you know, logically, as simple as it sounds, to really kind of evaluate that situation. I love your advice of just listening because how you react in that moment is going to be the thing is going to be what the person remembers even if you come oh, back yeah. later and do something different or or backtrack or say something a little different. And I have a story around this Molly. I in one of my earlier positions, I was managing a team of people and we had just gone through a staffing we were in the midst of a staffing crisis in that we had I had two full-time people working for me and probably 10 or 15 part-time people and we had had a couple of part-time people leave and then one of my full-time people had announced they were leaving three or four weeks prior to this this event happening and and so we were dramatically understaffed and it was a really stressful situation mm-hmm. and my other full-time person who reported to me came in one morning and we sat down and we were having our one-on-one she's like I've got to tell you something, and it's a really tough situation to talk about. And I know that, and she said, I know the timing is really, really awful, but I've had this fabulous opportunity come up and I need to leave. And I, and and like you were just saying a minute ago, as soon as those words left her uh-huh. mouth, immediately my mind went to, oh my gosh, <laughs> yep. how are we going to handle this? Because we were already like in crisis mode. Yep. And I'm like, how are we going to handle this situation? And my mind's racing and racing and racing. And I'm not listening to anything she says. <laughs> and I remember her saying at some point, and I could tell it was obvious she was struggling with just her body language and her facial expressions. It was yeah. obvious. This was a very, very difficult thing to, to tell me. And And at one point she said, I realize the timing is really bad. And I I remember responding. I said, yes, this is really uh-huh. awful timing for you to be leaving the organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't think that much about it at the time, Molly. But several days later, when I was briefing our regional uh, manager on the conversation, he said, before we talk about what to do next, he's like, I just need, I feel like I need to give you some feedback on this. He's like, this, um, you know, you the way you respond in the moment, at least the way you've described it, sounds to me like you really made this about you mm-hmm. instead of about her and really put her on the defensive. And that's probably something she's going to remember for a long time. And that was totally not what I was expecting him to say, Molly. I, I was glad for that lesson because mm-hmm. he, he, he made me realize it was really good coaching. He made me realize like, oh, this isn't about me. Yes, it is about me, but it's not just about me. This is there's there's a larger thing going on here. And it, it, you're gonna 
you're going to just laugh when you hear what she was doing. She was going to the Peace Corps of all things. She had spent, oh she would say, she had <laughs> so spent eight. Oh my gosh. Like the best person. In fact, I think we even knew that she was, it was not, it wasn't, this was not a surprise. I mean, she had spent, you know, a year and a half working on this. It was not something she pulled on, you know, the company last minute by any means. And so I felt just horrible, but it was a really good lesson because I realized like, wow, here's what not to do going forward. But it, it my emotions took over. I normally wouldn't say yeah. something like that, but it just completely took over. Well, you know what, Dave? I mean, as managers, we've all been there and we've all said stupid things and immediately have regretted it. And, and you know, that's just part of us becoming better leaders and better managers is trying to learn from those mistakes and from others too. So I can totally relate. And I've put my foot in my mouth a million times and I deal with HR people every day. So I should know what I shouldn't say and shouldn't say. But again, like you said, it's that emotional side and it's so hard not to make it about you but it is about this person and being in alignment with this person and their career goals and kind of the reasons behind why they're telling you that they're they're leaving yeah. and kind of figuring that out together well, one of the things I love about your article is that you really examine what are the considerations that mm -hmm we should make as leaders in an organization on whether or not we're going to try to counter offer or, or change the person's mind or save them or, you know, whatever, whatever the language is the organization may use. And I'm wondering what are some of the factors that when you're seeing organizations navigate this and leaders navigating this, that you find are helpful in starting to frame that decision. Yep. And some of these considerations that, you know, I'm going to share there are things that hopefully you're thinking about being proactive, you know, as you're working closely with, you know, one of your employees or direct apart is really kind of evaluating them. So then when or if this, you know, situation were to take place, you've already kind of thought about it indirectly. So, you know, for example, is the employee in good standing? You know, are they great at their job? Are they well liked around the office? Is their performance good? You know, where, where do they stand? you know, just overall from their role, but also where they fit in as a culture, just their general evaluation. Then, you know, kind of take it another level deeper of what value does this employee bring to the table? So whether you're a small startup company or a large Fortune 500 company, you know, looking down to the level of if we were to have massive layoffs, which we all experienced in the recession, you know, what role does this person play and how much value are they adding every day? So again, just going a level deeper, you know, also kind of thinking about, is the job difficult to fill? Is this a specific skill set that you need a ton of training for, whether it's internally or higher education, but just how difficult is this position to fill. But the one that I really, really try to hang on to, especially as a company that's constantly growing and there's a lot of career movement internally, is does this employee have potential leadership ability? So they might be reporting to you right now, but trying to think about your company as a whole. Does this person add value beyond your direct report. So could they move up and lead their own team? Like you want to invest in people that will help the success of your company long-term, regardless if they fall under your department or not. So really thinking about 
the big picture and really the career path that this person could go within your organization. So those are just some things to consider and it really kind of depends on the role in general, you know, like I said, how difficult it is to fill. We're really evaluating at this person and their potential and how much value do they add. One of the things I was really, I found fascinating in the article was you cite some of the statistics for employees who do ultimately stay and decide not Mm -hmm. to leave for whatever reason. The percentage of people that then do leave after a certain amount of time still. And I was wondering if you could share that because one of the things I'm, I'm interested in is what may be the organizations that do decide to actively try to get someone to stay? And then what makes that successful when it does work versus the person who then, you know, six months later is still out the door? Yep. Yep. So there are a ton of studies out there that really kind of show that 50% of employees who accept a counter offer, they change their position 24 months later. So oftentimes companies will just throw money at a a person and they think of, gosh, what is it going to cost me as a company to hire a new person? I'm just going to throw those dollars at this person and hope that it's, you know, they're money motivated, hope that that ties them over. So there's always that financial aspect of a counteroffer. And for some people, that's what motivates them. They also want to provide, you know, a different comfort level to their family. Like some people, that is their number one thing that finds job satisfaction. However, there's been a ton of research with younger generations that they're not as motivated by money as maybe the baby boomers typically have been, that they want more job fulfillment, they want work-life balance. As silly as it sounds, they want company lunches and snacks every day. So it's really, you know, you can put a Band-Aid on something and hope it heals, but it really goes back again to evaluating, I keep saying that, that individual. So what is most important to that person? Is it money, which companies can you know, typically figure out some way to kind of give them more? Or is it something that they don't even want at all? Like you can't give them because the job that they're in isn't going to, you know, meet that. So for example, if someone in a sales role comes in and puts puts their, you know, resignation in and, uh, you know, traditionally think sales, okay, maybe they, they want to make more money. I'm going to throw money at them. But maybe what they want is a new creative outlook. They don't want to do sales anymore. They want to do a marketing job where they can have more, you know, creative and they want to go into design. So money isn't going to solve that issue because you're not in alignment with what their career goals are. So, yeah, you know, financial people kind of use as a crutch, as a band-aid. But again, it's figuring out what, what they want. I have this one, you know, person that I actually hired who is still here today, and she's a great performer. And one of the reasons why she left her old job, where she actually was making more money than we were able to give her, she wanted better work-life balance, and I knew I could give her that. Mm. She also wanted a more family-friendly environment. I knew I could give her that. So with making sure I knew I was in alignment on those goals that were most important to her, I knew I could win her over. I knew we would be a great working culture for her. Now, 
I would be devastated if she all of a sudden comes to me tomorrow and says, actually, I'm, I'm going to you know, be putting in my two weeks notice. But it really, really goes down to open communication from the start, from when someone is hired. People do change kind of what they're looking for, and that's okay too. But again, just making sure before you react, before you throw money at them to save them or say, okay, let, you know, let's part ways, it's really knowing what motivates them, what makes them happy, what about their current job they like and dislike, and figuring out whether or not you can solve kind of those problems. I'm so glad you said this because I think that that's the default response from a lot of organizations is the counter offer with more money and it's and and even I think a lot of times when we know better <laughs> like we yeah. know that that's not going to be the thing that's going to motivate that person there's other people involved you mentioned you know HR may be involved the yeah. owner of the company may be involved your supervisor may be involved and all of a sudden the consensus is well let's just offer this person more money and like you said, if that's the, it's that's truly what is the difference maker, you know, and that's helpful to the organization, the employee, great. But there's so much more today, mm-hmm. and if you've done your due diligence as a leader of understanding what that person values and what's important to them, then you can realign things and potentially make a different choice or a different offer that's really more beneficial. And I love that framework of it. I was thinking as you were saying that, Molly, too. I had a year into my job at Dale Carnegie where I still work. I. Essentially, I didn't have a resignation letter, but I essentially came into our, our our president's office one day and said, "You know, this is just isn't working. I haven't been successful." Mm-hmm. And essentially, gave my resignation, and you know, he didn't respond with more money. He said, "Well, let's talk about maybe changing yep. your job to do what you would really love to do." And I so wonder, like, how my career would have been different if he had just said. Oh, we'll pay you a couple extra percentage yeah. on your whatever commission, or uh, I, I'm not sure I'd even be doing this podcast. I mean, my career would have gone an entirely different direction. And so, I, I love that stepping back and really thinking of like, what is it that really matters to this person? Well, and it seems so basic, and it's and it's logical, right? I mean, and but that's what's so hard is when you're put in these positions, you you don't necessarily your brain doesn't work that way. Also, you know, you touched on it a little bit. What's really hard too is you might not be in the position to say anything. So you as their manager might have an opinion of, you know, wanting to keep them. But if you've got other, you know, policies that you have to go into place, you need to bring this person involved, you need, you might not have time. So that's why it's really important to look at it from being a little bit more proactive and making sure that you're prepared for if that day does come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and which is, is, it's easy for me to say because realistically, who has the time to really, <laughs> you know, being so proactive down to that, to that level, but it really, it means a lot to the employee, but also you as a manager is to know the goals of every one of your direct reports. Yeah, well, and that's great to know anyway, regardless yeah. of what a person's engagement level is or oh, career sure. track. Um, there's because there's so many great things that come from that. And in fact, we've done whole episodes on that, so you're, you're right oh, in alignment so with. Far. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's great. So, well, and speaking of being proactive, let's say we are in a situation and and we do reengage that person, what whatever the situation is, and they do decide to stay. What are some things, Molly, you've seen in in with your customers and in the research that is sometimes the difference maker between that person just walking out the door, you know, 12 months or 18 months later and the people who really do re-engage and, and, and it's a different 
scenario going forward? So biggest thing, open lines of communication, hands down. So you, you're walking that fine line of, you know, you don't want to constantly be in fear that they're going to not be happy anymore and they're going to resign. And that's a big struggle too, that if you come to a point where you both are comfortable, they're staying, you as a leader being kind of at peace with that and also trusting that that individual made the right decision versus constantly being worrying about it. And how you do that is constantly having open communication. So whether that's setting up some kind of performance review, whether it's a formal one or informal or weekly or bi-weekly check-ins, just making sure that you are talking to them about their role, also kind of their day-to-day, just knowing that you are wanting to, to listen to them and hear what things are going on will really go a long way. It will also help you gauge their satisfaction and kind of where they are with things. But I do, like I said, I want to forewarn everyone that if you become so, I don't want to say obsessed with it, it's going to hurt you as a leader because if you just constantly are worried that this person is going to leave, maybe you did make the wrong decision of having them stay. Uh, does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. And and that's also potentially part of the consideration for, you know, do, we, do you say, okay, you know, uh, this is the end of our relationship. And you probably phrase it a better way than that. But someone does give the resignation. And I think one of the things that's interesting to me is we've had a few guests on the show recently, Sidney Finkelstein, uh, who wrote the book Super Bosses, David Burkus was coming up on the show here, talking about some of this research that, you know, if employees leave and have a good experience in their departure of the organization, that mm-hmm. often not only do they have a better experience going forward in their in their career, but both companies benefit, both the new company they're going to and the previous company, because relationships stay strong, their networks stay strong. And it's really it's counterintuitive to what we think about in like the non-compete world that some of us are are used to navigating. But I, I think there's something to be said for how to just treat people when they're walking out the door, too, because I don't think a lot of organizations give a lot of thought to that. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you need to support their decision. So whether it's going to hurt you or not, it's their decision and you need to be OK with it. Like you said, it you don't know where your path is going to go or their path. You guys might run into each other. Some organizations, this is really interesting have developed programs to rehire back ex-employees. So, you know, with certain skill sets and they go out, get a different job, gain more exposure, they want to hire them back. So you don't know where where your lives are going to go. So even if you feel hurt, you might be a little bitter, you're annoyed, you're really upset that this didn't work out, you got you got to be okay with it. You got to support it and say, you know what? If you think this is the best decision for you to leave this company, I'm happy for you. And move on. And all you'll know is you might find the next shining star that's going to replace them. And then you think to yourself, gosh, remember when I was so upset? Look who I found. You might open a new door because of it. And it's that unknown that's really kind of nerve wracking and just that kind of extra thing on your shoulder that you just don't know what to do with. But you just got to be okay with it and think positively that, you know, in the long run, something great might come from it. Right now, it's really hard for me and I don't know what I'm going to do. But maybe down the road, this is going to be, this is good for both of us. 
Yeah, and it's I'm glad you mentioned it. it's hard to think that in the moment. And yet oh, yeah. I've I've had a number of times, I'm sure you have too in your career, Molly, where someone who worked for me in a couple cases, in one case I can think of someone who worked for me or we were a partner, I ended up working for at some point. In fact, I've had a past guest on this show who was someone that was my manager early on in my career. And then I went on to they went on to be one of my clients later <laughs> and then was a mm-hmm. guest on the show. People who went on to be customers. You just, you just don't know. Yeah, you never know who you're gonna be working with or working for, you know, five years down the road. And if you've burned those bridges because of a departure that wasn't handled well, you close off a lot of those opportunities for that that relationship to grow. Exactly. And I, and I do think we can all do better than the broadcasting email announcement, which I see a lot of, so-and-so's leaving, we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. And that's not really celebrating someone when they leave. And there may be times that someone departs on not good terms. or Think about just goodbyes in general. I mean, whether it's saying goodbye to a relative or saying goodbye to... I mean, I'm horrible at goodbyes. Yeah. I'm awkward about it. I mean, it has nothing to do with the individual. I mean, we had uh, a really great developer. His last day was yesterday, and he was awesome. And I loved everything about him. But when it came to saying goodbye, it was just like, well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you don't know how to, I mean, it's almost figuring out how you deal with closure and, and yeah. everything. But it's it's just, again, going back to that breakup of just like, we're good, right? Okay. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned. Have a good life. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? It's just you obviously want to show support, but maybe it's just me. But there's just you know how how do you how is the right way to handle it? Oh well, exactly. And it's it's like how do we be human? You know, I and I think the. I think my my hope for all of us is we'd resist the temptation to be corporate and templated about it. Like, what's the right way to honor this person? And yeah, it's going to be awkward. It, there's always that element of like, oh gosh, you know, I'm, you're not going to be here tomorrow, and, and that <laughs> may be the last time we really have a big interaction. And yet, acknowledging that it's awkward, I think, is really helpful. And I'm so I'm so glad you just said that. Yeah, this is awkward, and and, it, and we're all human, and it's hard to navigate sometimes. And that strikes me as a way better place to be as far as how you handle something going forward versus, okay, here's the standard template we send out when someone leaves, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So I was going through some of the comments from this post on LinkedIn, and the majority of people, they shared their stories, kind of their input, but the majority of people said you know, with employee resignations, do you counter? Do you say goodbye? Most people said, save goodbye. And their responses were short and sweet, just saying, don't think about it twice. You never counter. And it was really interesting to see that most people leaned that way. And then I was kind of thinking, and without doing kind of any research of who these people were, of, is it a difference of small company versus large company and kind of the culture that kind of goes along with it? Or is it big companies, they they don't really struggle with lack of resources where small companies do. So maybe that's when they typically try to counter. So I was just, you know, thinking that was, it's an interesting way to look at it. Is it, does it stem from the company culture? And if so, are different answers more appropriate depending on that? And I would, and I would argue yes that it really does go down to the circumstance and the the type of company and culture of whether or not that plays a factor into countering or saying goodbye. 
Indeed, indeed. Well, I, thanks for mentioning that. And uh, and speaking of transitions, you know, this is something your organization thinks a lot about. Not only obviously your the staff you've talked about and some of the examples, and thank you for sharing that, but also within how you serve your customers. And I was wondering if you could say a little bit about LinkUp because it, it's a little different than how a lot of organizations in your industry handle this. And I think it's a really unique way and approach you've had with uh, your customers. Yeah, thanks. So I work for LinkUp, which is a job search engine. And of course, I'm biased, but we are completely unique in the industry where the jobs on our site are exclusively from company websites. So our core audience and our number one audience is the job seeker, that we want to provide the best jobs online today for job seekers. We want them to easily know exactly who's hiring and how do you apply. We don't want to deal with any of the riffraff, any duplicate listings, any scam listings. We simply want to connect job seekers as fast as we can to the employer who's hiring. Now, the other side of our audience are the employers. We help employers fill their their open positions. So it's really kind of that unique approach of just having jobs straight from company websites that really focuses on the quality that benefits both the job seeker and the employer. Very cool. Yeah, and it's it's an industry as you know, there there's there's some wonderful players and then there's also some some of that scammy thing like you've mentioned and I really like the approach you guys have have taken on this. We'll put a link in the show notes as well for organizations who are thinking about just their recruiting strategy and getting job listings out there in a more effective way. Link up certainly uh, an option to look at for that. And I hope folks will check that out. And Molly, I just really appreciate your time and sharing some of the thoughts behind your article with us and also the examples of just how you've navigated this. I appreciate that a ton. Well, you're welcome. And thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Molly Mosley is the Senior VP at LinkUp Job Search Engine. Check it out if you're looking for more resources on how to get job information out there. Thanks, Molly. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you again to Molly. I hope you found this conversation helpful. I certainly hope you don't need it anytime soon. Every time we air an episode like this, though, on, on something, how to handle a very specific situation inevitably, I get an email or a couple of emails within a few days from someone saying, you'll never believe what happened right after I listened to that show. So if that is you, I hope you'll find wisdom in what Molly and I discussed here, or at least tuck it away for when this happens in the future. And if you're if you're in a leadership role, it's going to happen at some point. So thanks again, Molly. Find the notes on the episode today at coachingforleaders.com slash 251. As always, we love getting your feedback and questions for the upcoming Q&A show. And that's going to be actually next episode 252. Bonnie and I will be back handling questions. If you have a question you'd like us to consider for the Q&A shows the first Monday of every month, go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And speaking of next week, as you've heard on the last episode or two, I will be in Chicago next week attending a conference. And my friend Beth Bilo and I are hosting a Coaching for Leaders and Introvert Entrepreneur Joint Meetup. It's going to be on Thursday evening, July 7th, 2016. If you are in the Chicagoland area and listening or just happen to be in Chicago that day, drop us a line. We would love to meet you and put a face with a name and connect with you. So if you are in Chicago on July 7th, go over to coachingforleaders.com slash 
Chicago. And that will get you everything you need to know in order to be there to see us. So hope to meet you if that's you. And finally, today, if you haven't already, please take a moment to join my weekly leadership guide. You'll get access to all of the weekly updates that come on Wednesdays to your email box. And that has resources that I found throughout the week that will assist you in continuing your leadership development. And it will also include a link to the show notes each week. So that'll help you to go back to resources we talk about on the show if you listen on the go like I do. And when you get that, you can download also my 11-page reader's guide and nine-minute video on the 10 leadership books that will help you to get better results from others. And that will assist you in your professional development. And if you'd like to get that, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And finally, thank you to Renee, way down under in Australia. Renee, thank you so kindly for the wonderful message on iTunes and review of the show. I'm so grateful for your support. And if you've been listening to the show for a bit like Renee and have found the show to be helpful to you, I'm always grateful if you take a moment to leave a rating or review on iTunes. Just go over to iTunes and search for the show, or you can get there directly by going to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes. And I hope you have a fabulous week and I'll look forward to speaking with you again next Monday with Bonnie. Take care. Bye.